2023 began like a scene from a horror film. Just when he thought the monster had been defeated, it came back with a vengeance, and all hell broke loose. The cancer I thought was long gone made a comeback. The first half of the year was all about death. Radiation therapy, my mom in hospice care, a car accident, and inflation and greed that threatened us all. So it seemed like the wrong thing to do. After lifting at the gym for 35 years, for the first time in my life, I entered a bodybuilding contest that involved changing everything about my life. And surprisingly, I won. Congratulations on that. Today we take a look back on the roller coaster ride that was 2023 death, resurrection, and muscles. The terrible people and heroes we met along the way, and our favorite words and events that shaped our lives. Plus, will artificial intelligence destroy the world with hilarious memes? Twink of the year, Aiden Maze Sorovsky throws his career away from some really good dick. And which Republican said, I haven't been invited to be a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race yet, but I do love to read a bitch. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. Oh, ho, 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 
You have? Oh, yeah. Bathroom's locked, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and if nobody's around, who's going to know? It's time for a <clears throat> cigarette break. But, of course, you know, if I were to do that, I probably wouldn't put it out on, uh, you know, X or Twitter or wherever it got leaked to. Yeah, it reminds me of the guy who filmed himself. He was a pilot or a flight attendant, and he had sex with one of the passengers. Austin Wolf was it? Yeah, and he was a famous porn star. Uh-huh. Who's kind of, I guess, uh, I hear that, like, Austin Wolf is, like, so hot. That whenever you see him, you're just like, I'm quitting my job. I'm having sex with him. I'm having his babies. And they're like, that's not possible. And it's like, yes, I'm going to make it happen. If I film it, then I can manifest this. I put it on my image board. And so Aiden traded a good career for some really good dick. Aiden, you mean? Aiden, yeah. What's yeah. His, I'm not Aiden saying his name. Zeropsky, right? Aiden Mace Zeropsky. <laughs> well, you know. What a tricky, complicated. I mean, that's just going to follow you the whole rest of your life. I mean, yeah, in yeah. some ways, he's a hero. He's kind of like that guy who was yeah. a blue jet who just like uh, put oh, out yeah. the ramp and just like, was like had cocktail in his hand and like went down. The he took ramp. two beers. Two beers. Is that what it was? I said, see ya, suckers. See ya, suckers. Opens the door, throws the slide <laughs> out and quits. You know? In a blaze of glory. And, you know, a lot of Americans right now, they just feel like, you know, they want to quit their jobs in a very spectacular way. So, uh, you know, he's a hero in some ways and, of course, an anti-hero in Mm -hmm. other ways, you know. But listen, you know, he got a promotion. He got some good dick. Uh, You know, and and his name, the the only thing that's holding him back right now is that his name is like mine. Like everybody's brain just shuts off when they hear it, you know. Well, Aiden's easy, right? Aiden, yeah. and, And he could be on Sean Cody tomorrow. Uh, you know, he's I'm, cute. I'm sure he's probably getting offers yeah. f- from people or saying, yeah. "Hey, can you want you want to collaborate on a yeah. on a project?" Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the, what the, that's what the young kids say today. They don't say, "You're hot. I want to have sex with you." They say, "Let's collaborate." Well, because everybody's filming everything now. I know. It's like I, I I got roped into one of those things, and it's like these guys were like having sex, and they're like, "Will you hold my camera so I can get fucked?" When and I was like, and I was part of it. Like, look. I, st- I went to school for filmmaking. Right. <laughs> so, you know, in my mind, I'm like, this is really interesting. This will be, you know, an experience and stuff. And then I'm like, I'm filming somebody getting dicked with their iPhone, just like Aiden May Sarovsky. Like, I want to know, is the full yeah. video out there? Because all I'm seeing is like blurred out stuff. I haven't been able to find If anybody has like the full thing, like I want to see the full thing. Yeah. So Mark Felian. At Instagram, that's your that's yes. your I want statement, yes, that's right? That's my there. I want. <laughs> I want to see the dick. <laughs> I got. He quit the job for some really good dick. Well, Washington D.C. is very very gay. They say like like eighty percent of the population there is gay or something like that. So you know, there's going to be a lot yeah. of sex in that bu- building. We never plan enough trips to Washington D.C. because the 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 people in D.C. are some kinky motherfuckers. You know? <laughs> Yeah. You know, anytime we've ever been to Washington, D.C., it's always a good time. Well, they are having mid-Atlantic leather, I think, in, in July, January at some point in time. So, And it's a, it's a shoemaking conference? <laughs> it's kind of like IML here, International Mr. Leather, but like on a smaller scale. It's so a, they're making belts, yes. too. Belts, harnesses, whips, <laughs> thongs, jockstraps. You're like, why is it about leather? Nipple piercings. So it's about elves who make shoes in the middle of the night and That's wake right. up the next day in the shoemaker. The, it's a magical tale of happiness. But our government is wacko here in the United yes. States for sure. I mean, but, you know, our favorite, I don't, I, he, I, he's a villain, right? Who? George Santos. He's a villain for sure. I, he defrauded he's people. so hard to not love. 
<laughs> oh, you're making a bunch of gay men like heads explode right now. I That's just love her. So let, let's look. Okay, so this is the year in review, and mm. we're going to talk about all the things that happened to us and the mm. world and our audience and the news. And I'm just like, I, I just hate George Santos, and I love George Santos. And yeah. the reason is because he took Republican money, not from the government, but from Republican donors who would normally have given it to Trump or uh, Rudy Giuliani with his hair melting on his face. And he used penniless, it penniless. <laughs> and he uses it to buy. What does he buy? He uses buy porn. He uses it to get Botox. He uses to get Prada and Gucci and mm. all those brand name shoes and, and goes to, you know, um, Mikonos for a vacation. And I'm like, he's an American hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might be in jail. He might be in jail soon because they, I think they are pressing charges against him. He's going to have some kind of trial. Yeah. I'm, so it, that should be interesting. And so we ran across this interview with this comedian, Zoe? I guess. Yeah, can you tell a little bit about it? Or? So I just watched yeah. the uh, the YouTube version because I believe it ran on cable, and uh, so I watched the uh, there's a 17 like highlight reel of it, and you know he was very playful with her, and she kind of she got some real good digs in, uh, and some of the things he didn't like, but I think for most of all he was just able to to laugh at himself, and it was kind of interesting how she just clearly just called him out for having a personality disorder because that's what you know people yeah. that are you know habitual liars is that's kind of what they get diagnosed with is they have there's something wrong with their personality um and the most interesting thing she was asking him i think was like she was asking him if he had empathy because she i think she has an idea that he might be some kind of sociopath you know pathological and so he, he couldn't say whether he says i have it but i couldn't define what empathy is like he wasn't able to define it well uh, what do you think, think empathy is, is well it's being able to understand like what other what the position somebody else is feeling like how are you feeling like well, how does this impact you in your life you know and he just uh, yeah. couldn't do it and that's typical i think probably of some people who you know commit some heinous crimes is like they don't think about the other person they think, what do I, what do I want, and what am I going to get out of it, and how do I go about getting it? And it doesn't really matter if somebody else gets hurt because those hurt feelings don't matter. Empathy is uh, about listening, and, and you always, uh, you told me this one that was uh, that I always, I always love sharing with people. The iron rule is do it to them before they get a chance to do it to you. The golden rule is do unto others as you would like to get done unto you. And then the platinum rule involves asking and listening. Mm. It involves saying, how would you like to be treated? What do you want? Right, because your needs are not necessarily my needs. And I don't, you know, there's some people that want to get like, you know, whipped and beaten and, and strangled in bed and other people don't. Some of them want to be cuddled. Some yeah. of them be said, I love you, baby. Mm. Uh, so, so the comedian um, Ziwe Fumudo, uh, she interviewed George Santos and she brought this like, I guess like a Prada or, or Hermes bag filled with money. <laughs> and he wanted him to pose with it and he wouldn't pose. Oh. And I was like, party pooper. Oh. Just remember, it's... folks, the enemy of your enemy is still mm. not going to be your friend. And he, just because George Santos is stealing money from Republican uh, donors who would normally give it to Trump, he's still out to get you. Mm -hmm. and he get, if he got a chance, he would fuck your and shit up. They're too. saying he's making a ton of money on Cameo. 
Really? More, so, more money than he would make as a congressperson. Yeah. because And people are, 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 are having him like do cameos for people. And I think mostly to just kind of like piss off their friends. <laughs> be like, I got you a cameo from George Santos. And you're like, no. How much does it cost? Uh, one of his cameos? I have yeah. no idea. Cameo. Let's Google that price. Oh, there's, of course, if you just go the, if you put George Ca Santos cameo, the next prompt is price. $500. Wow. What, $40. $40. That's not a joke worth making for that price. Yeah. You know, for people, But people bucks. get the reference uh, about three fifty. Yeah. But anyways, $500 for George Santos saying, hey, Mark, happy holidays. Thanks. <laughs> you know, some bullshit. Like a lot of those cameos are really lame, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, to me, I'm just like, man, if you're going to pay me money to do something, I'm going to deliver. Like well, one, of, one of the listeners of the show uh, invited me to wear a tight Feast of Fun t-shirt mm -hmm. and rip it off. In a sexual manner. In a very sexual manner. And so, of course, I, you know, oblige. He gave me an offer I could not refuse. Mm. And, you know, listen, folks, this bodybuilding show that I did this past year, it costs money. So right now my bank account is like looking like, you know, uh, George Santos integrity. <laughs> Zero. Uh, so if you uh, this holiday season uh, want to hire me as your uh, fitness or bodybuilding consultant, you can do so by going to Instagram, Fausto Fernos, and message me there and say, let's grow big together and and I'll, uh, we'll, we can talk about getting you to the next level, honey. And uh, of course, people can also go to feastoffun.com slash donate and put a little uh, green coal in our stocking <laughs> this yeah. year. Yeah, so you can do that. And you can also join us at Patreon, patreon.com slash feastoffun yeah. to support this podcast. We will, this is, our, this is our 19th, like next year's our 20th season. Yep. Yep. That's so that's going to be that's going to be pretty wild. So podcasting started on. in 2004. We 2005, started, February 2000, February 8th. Podcasting 2000. started in 2004. Our show first. Our show yeah. started in, in 2005. Correct. February so, 8th, 2005 mm -hmm. after the Super Bowl yeah. talking about Paul McCartney. Of all the topics we could have talked, <laughs> it's such a lame way to start <laughs> one of the most influential <laughs> biggest podcasts in history. And we talked about that. Well, we were all, you know, we're gay people, so we're excited about the halftime show. What and is we're going excited on? about the commercials. What is going on with the police in our neighborhood? Uh, something's happening. I don't know. It might be police, could be ambulance, could be fire. Who knows? So this year has been a roller coaster ride for us personally, uh, with a lot of crisis and heart heartache mm -hmm. and problems and stuff. And one of the most scariest things is we almost died wow. while we were taping a podcast. Ah, well, not really. We taped a podcast. We posted the show. We went to bed. And the next day, there was glass everywhere mm -hmm. in our podcast studio. And I'm like, huh. So uh, I guess, you know, and I just didn't like my, my brain didn't click. And then you're like, Fausto, look behind you. And I'm like, Mark, look behind you. And there's bullet holes in our windows, mm. giant ass, like a cartoon. And I was, what happened with, the, where did the bullet holes come from? There was some gang activity, like, uh, like a half a mile away. And, you know, we have a, we record here in our sunroom. So, it, yeah. pr you know, it projects out, you know, towards the sidewalk. And so, uh, you know, we're probably farthest out building 
that there is on the street. Mm-hmm. And so this, you know, this fire, this gun was shot like far away and it managed to go through one window and then cross through our sunroom and go through the next. And then it hit our neighbor's frame. Luckily, it didn't break their window. But, you know, we didn't notice it for a day until like I was just like, holy cow, there's something happening here. And then I called the police. I'm like, I'm not sure if I should call you about this. And like, yeah, you should call us about this. So the police came out, gathered the evidence. And so um, I still haven't gotten it fixed yet, but they're coming January 9th. Uh, so you did, were you able to save the bullet? Because you, right. you found the bullet. I gave it to the cops. Oh, man. Well, they're going to want it. That's a celebrity bullet. <laughs> That's a famous bullet. But we still have like, you know, there's a bullet hole. I'm looking at the bullet hole right now behind your head through the curtain. That's part of the reason why we didn't notice it is because on the one side, the blinds were down. So I know. It's crazy. Hole. And people are like, see, Fox News was right. Chicago is dangerous. I'm like, in a million years, I mean, we're, it's a one in a million thing. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it happened to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the beginning of the year, it's like I I, I had uh, in when. When would did you uh, go to Norway? Uh, 2018. 2018. So that year I was dealing with skin cancer and it was pretty aggressive and we did surgery to remove it and all that stuff. And so from there on, the doctor's like, look, you've, you've had this really aggressive form of skin cancer. So now we just got to get you screenings every year. And so far everything had been good. And then, you know, around February, bad news, mm-hmm. skin cancer came back. And I was like, I was kind of just in tears about it. Cause I was like, oh my God, the first time around was just so frustrating and traumatic and difficult. And then around, you know, we also like had put, uh, you know, brought my mom into a nursing home. And then it's like, she was going into hospice care around the same time. And, you know, just, it was like a litany of just, whoa. Mm-hmm. And then I'm driving home from the, from the radiation treatments and the rain and the car's brakes just locked up. And I thought to myself, yep, this is my time to die. This is the end of my life. And the car spun about five or six times in the middle of a busy highway, Lakeshore drive where curves, they call it dead man's curve downtown. And people say the Drake, right by the Drake hotel. And they actually used to be even worse. And what they have now is actually an improvement over the history of that curve. Cause mm. that, that curve has always been like a place where car accidents happen. And sure enough, um, miraculously, it was not my time to go and the car and no one hit me. And at the front of the car just hit this, like the middle of the section. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is happening. And, you know, and part of me was like, should I stop? training for this bodybuilding contest. There was so much happening. And, and you had some really wise words to say to me. What did I say? You were just like, you know, this has been your lifelong dream. And in a lot of ways, you know, with all the sadness and crisis, this is your chance to get that well, trophy. And that's what to, makes you aware. And that's the, these contests. It's like, if it was easy, everybody would do it, you know? Yeah. And so there's all sorts of things that come up, you know, there's work, there's life, there's family accidents, health, all sorts of things. I wanted to win it uh, to show to, so my mom could see it, you know? Oh. And throughout the whole process, my mom's like, if your father could see you now, if your father, you know, oh. And, and, and I said, well, you can see me now, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm doing this for you. And and I I brought my husband, my coach, my mom, everybody who listens to the show, my older sister, who was my first coach and everybody who's ever helped me learn about building muscle, 
I brought them all onto the stage with me, you know? And it was like backstage, I was expecting, you know, toxic masculinity or, you know, how people get during sports games and stuff. Sure. They're like, I can't believe it. You know, people getting selfish and pushy. Cause you're backstage and get with your competitors. Whereas yes. like, you know, a lot of these basketball, like they're in separate locker rooms, separate areas, but you're, you're standing right next to the people you're competing with naked covered in grease. Well, all right. <laughs> Dark, Dark, tan, and greasy, and and um, and I was expecting people to be like you know, not wanting to share the mirrors or or you know, literally muscling their way mm -hmm. in your space, and it was the complete opposite. Everybody was so supportive and wholesome, and to me, I was just like, this is the future I wanted to live in, and I'm living in it. I got to see the change happen, and and be part of it. And so I was like very, very emotional uh, even before I stepped onto the stage and you filmed me because <laughs> they, 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 with the results, you know, I was like, look, they're not going to give it to a first timer, you know, and they were kind of guiding down and, and finally was like the top three. And they didn't say my name at the third place. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be like in two or, or number one. I, they made a mistake. And when they said my name as a, as a silver medalist, I was so shocked. And I looked at the, the organizer, the judge, and I was like, me? like <laughs> Little old me with all these muscles over here? Me? But they were like, yeah, go stand there, you know? Well, and yeah. I, and I was clearly just so beat those other people. disoriented. And I was just like, where do I go? It was, it was such a euphoric moment. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the greatest moments and highlights of my life, you know? And, and I think about, like, when you hear, like... Um, you know, athletes talking about the real heroes are teachers and, and scientists and, you know, people, firefighters and people who help others. Um, and they're the ones who deserve to be celebrated. I totally knew what I felt because, you know, we've created so many amazing things over the last uh, 18, 19 years mm -hmm. of doing this podcast, 20 seasons starting 2024. Oh, wow. And, at the same time, you know, uh, so many people have been like, this is something really remarkable that you at the age of 51 get a silver medal in bodybuilding and classic physique. It almost feels like a joke. You well, know? Yeah, I mean, if yeah, bodybuilding in a lot of ways is like a young man's game. Most people are in their 20s and 30s, but there's oh some in their 40s. And I think as we see the population grow and yeah. as I see uh, bodybuilding uh, grow, because it will grow. For sure, because I think as people realize that uh, strength training, building muscle not, is, is one of the keys to good health, um, mm -hmm. you know, ways to keep the fat off, the ways to prolong your life, um, that more people will be uh, going into that kind of area. So we'll see it more so. Yeah. yeah, and I got to get my forearms look like veiny dicks. <laughs> my sister was complaining about the veins on my forehead. She's like, I've never seen people with veins on their face like that before. I'm just like. What? Do you not know people? <laughs> well, uh, what, what does she not like about your leanness? Well, I, uh, she thought that the, the she was asking me what the bumps on my face were. I'm just like, those are it's called veins. aging. It's vascularity, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, what so, can so I say? What did you say to her? You were just saying, like, I like how the way I look. And well, I said a lot of people have that. I said, you just have probably not noticed it before. Well, maybe she's just looking but at But I also do know, like, or, some yeah. women who have veins on their faces, you know, they will get them cauterized so that they uh, will, you know, be less. But, you know, 
I like to have blood flowing through my face. Well, you're you're like, what is the expression? Uh, Ginger Rogers did it backwards in heels, you know? <laughs> like you, along with me, did all the training and the diet. Well, and, not and, quite to your extent, for but, sure. But, you know, a lot of it. I had a lot of cheat days because my body fat only got down to uh, like 15 something percent. Yours got down to like 12, right? Well, that's according to the bathroom scale. According to my coach, he said I got down to 9%. Oh, really? Okay. And I was just like, if God don't do it, it won't get done. Well, then maybe I got down to 12%. Maybe. maybe. I mean, you know, like all our friends are family. I got to say, though, like yeah. my blood pressure has never been better as in the past decade. And I, my mental health and just like the way I feel in my brain just feels so much better. Folks, if you have high blood pressure, if you aren't taking in control, if you aren't doing medication or or whatever it is you need to do, whether it's drop weight or lose, have get less stress in your life, do it. It's so much better. They call it the silent killer because it creeps up on you. But, you know, I, I ask, at the same time, you know, I've always been a body positive, body positivist, mm -hmm. someone who uh, wants to support people to embrace themselves exactly the way they are right now. And having gone through this process, which was very difficult, I just want to tell everybody you know, if you don't have abs and you don't want abs, don't get abs. Don't worry about it. Don't don't sweat it. Love yourself exactly who you are. We we put so much pressure on ourselves consciously and unconsciously about how we appear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I got to say, it's like it's nice to be eating normal food. <laughs> you know, I got some donuts. We had some pizza. I have had sushi. And I'm just like, I feel like myself again, you know, because it, it, it changing the way you eat becomes a spiritual journey because you have to change who you are to some degree, even if it's temporary. Mm. And so I was just like, it, there were days I was like, oh, my God, I, how am I going to get to this? And really, because of you, Mark, and, you know, co my coach, uh, Matt, um, he, you guys together really... I felt like that, that episode of The Simpsons when Homer gives up and the Sherpas just drag him up <laughs> the mountain. <laughs> Listen, you it did, felt that way. You did most of the work yourself. I definitely was here to support you, and I'm glad you were able to 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 achieve this. And you know, it was fun going on that journey. It was like nice to be to get lean again because I've been I've been heavy for the past. You know, I quit smoking in 2006. I gained a lot of weight in 2012. I was able to take some of it off, but you know, I hadn't been under 200 pounds in 20 some years, and it just feels good to be lighter. Mm -hmm, and to be able mm -hmm. to move and just, you know, people look at you different and it's just, it feels great. You're like, what is it? Uh, what is it? Dominique Devereaux in uh, Dynasty. She's like, you look beautiful. And she's like, yes, I know. <laughs> of course, you are correct. You are correct. So normally at this time of the year, you know, it's listicles. It's, you know, the word of the year. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, the big news, though. But all these like whopper news. Just rolled in. Just rolled in just days with uh, the Colorado mm -hmm. Supreme Court ruling that Trump cannot be on the primary ballot for the Republican race for president. That's exactly right. And there may be other states to follow. And so the part of the reason is, is saying that, you know, because he led an insurrection is what mm -hmm. they're what is what they're saying, because, you know, in my mind, that's exactly what he did do. And you can't run for office if you, if you do something like that. And, you know, so many people have been charged uh, for insurrection and for doing all sorts of things, you know, on January 6th. You know, and he's in charge. He was in charge. He was directing these people uh, and had all sorts of things going uh, to affect that. And so, 
you know, unless it's going to go to the Supreme Court. Now, you know, he did appoint all these people, but these the Supreme Court is a conservative court. Uh, they are the most, federal the Supreme federal court. Supreme Court. Yeah. Yes, and they're mostly like you know they're they're textualists. You know they they read the text and like they say that's what it has to be and that's what it has to be like. And so they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to interpret it any other way than supporting Colorado. Hopefully, unless they really do some shenanigans. Well, it's interesting. Like uh, you know, Clarence Thomas says his wife was part of the insurrection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So is he going to recuse himself? Probably, obviously not. So it, it just makes the Supreme Court look even mm-hmm. more messed mm-hmm. up and corrupt than most people consider it to be mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, will this get people to vote? Because uh, it's very likely that Trump is going to be the Republican candidate I don't for know 2024. If, I don't know if he will be because he won't be. He might not be able to get on these ballots. And now this because the primaries, are, you know, January is when everything starts, rolling, start, yeah. starts rolling. And so we'll probably get some kind of answer from the Supreme Court. Pretty quickly. January 5th is the deadline for them to take action. If they do not hear this case, then Colorado stands. Mm -hmm. And so he won't be able to get in Colorado. And there might be other states that also do the same kind of thing. And so he might not be able to get any of these electors. Uh, now the, the fear is the great fear is that they're, the legis, you know, that the, they're going to use the judicial branch to, to knock, uh, democratics, Democrats mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. the ballot and they'll probably use, you know, wild ideas. I mean, but honestly, like if we had a Democrat who promoted insurrection, I'd be like, yeah, I don't think I'd want him on the ballot. We can find somebody else, you know, Trudy down the street can do a better job, you know, Rudy or Trudy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm just a little bit skeptical because it's Republicans who brought the case to Colorado Supreme Court. So I'm like, are they playing this long game that they were like, well, then we're going to take, you know, Biden off the ballots in, you know, Republican controlled states. Mm -hmm. See how you like it, you know, and and, and part of it, like even their impeachment of Biden is is built on nonsense. There's Mm -hmm. like no facts. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, Hunter Biden. I'm like, Hunter's not a part of the federal government. Yeah, Trump's children are, Mm -hmm. but you know Joe Biden did not appoint his son to do anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this is going to play out. Um, But the campaign says that they're going to you know challenge this ruling, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, not really good luck. No, no, I mean you know uh, part. Yeah, I want this to be fair and square, Mm -hmm. even though they're not fair and square. Mm -hmm. You know uh, because. God, I, we already have enough chaos and unfairness mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, we all know, like, for example, that gay communities and people of color are targeted unfairly by the police. And in St. Louis, just a couple of days ago, the police ran their SUV right into the front, like a cartoon, right into the front of a gay bar. Mm-hmm. And that bar, I guess the owners live on the second floor. It's called the uh, bar colon PM. You know, gay bars always have these weird names. Like in Chicago, there's a place called Atmosphere with an at symbol. I think they took the at symbol out. Yeah, but it was like it was like we're we're like the internet. We're 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 hip. You know, the at like an email address. You know, mm-hmm. and there's uh God, there's so many bar weird bars with weird names all over the country. Well, PM probably like you know it's probably it's their initials night. or something. Yeah. So so the uh, the owners uh Morris uh, J- Chad Morris and James Pence. Not Mike Pence, but <laughs> maybe in an alternate universe. Uh, where's the, oh, I see. It's their last names. 
Oh, that's so romantic. Oh. Or do you think they're lovers? Now it's not stupid now, is it? Huh? <laughs> you don't think it's so dumb now, huh? So the, so the police ran into it. The police said initially that they had swerved to avoid a dog. The uh, security cameras outside didn't show any dogs, mm-hmm. so they changed it. Their story that they were swerving to avoid a parked car. There was no car. <laughs> And so then uh, the police uh, get out of their car and start harassing everybody and then arrest uh, one of the owners. Because uh, they came down and he was inside the building and they yeah. arrested him. I want like, why did they, was one of them giving the other one head? Is it was, it's like, what was happening? Like, that they well, just, there was a commotion because they, they shook the building. I mean, you look at the photos, the foundation, the front of the building has been almost like demolished by a giant, one of those giant police, yeah, you SUVs. know, SUVs. And the judge... Went to uh, sided with the cops. No surprise there, uh, James, and put James Pence in jail without bail. And so I'm just kind of like going, "There's so much injustice, and it's such a public thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how people are not. This is just going to escalate, you know. But who knows? It's the holiday season. Everybody's kind of like, "Well, I'm sure he's out of jail by now, right? Hopefully, and I'm sure they're probably. I'm sure the city's going to have to pay for all the damages and everything. Taxpayers will, yeah, yeah." You know, the, the cops are on, you know, leave. leave. It's just, it's they so messed up. They go give each other roadhead at home. Yeah. <laughs> so that's saying they shocking. did give each other roadhead, but maybe that's why they got the uh, accident. Um, Pope Francis uh, said Catholic priests can bless same-sex marriages now. That is not true. No? So what? can you clarify that for everybody? <laughs> it's not a That's blessed. a headline there. Well, you know, a lot of people want to believe what they want to believe, right? Yeah. And so, but this is the thing. So in some ways, this is nothing new, what Pope Francis is saying. Gay people could get blessings from priests before. Let's say you didn't, you went up to, like, you didn't want to get communion because maybe you had a sin or something like that. You could get a blessing, you know? The priest could give you a blessing instead. Now, if the priest knew you were gay, he might refuse giving you a blessing. But now he's been uh, directed not to refuse it. Because, you know, no relationships are getting a blessing. Your relationship is not getting blessed. It's the individuals in the relationship that are getting the blessing. And the blessing can't look like formal, like a wedding ceremony at all. So it's like, well, you know, uh, uh, what is it in sound of music? Like, bless you, child. Exactly. It's that kind of thing. And so Catholics, you know, there's a big difference between blessings and sacraments, right? And so they both convey grace, you know, from God. Uh, but the blessing can be much more informal and spontaneous. So you can walk up to a priest and say, hey, can I have a blessing, Father? And chances are he would give it to you. Now, if you were dressed as like, you know, in the, in the past, if you had some sign like that you were clearly gay, he might be like, mm, I'm not quite so sure. You know what I mean? But now he's been directed by the Pope that, you know, there's not going to be any kind of like moral, like you're not going to like do research on somebody as to whether they deserve a blessing or not. Right, but sure. so a sacrament uh-huh. is different. There's only seven sacraments, and that's something you mostly have to work for. So marriage is a sacrament, which is a blessing, um, and that's something you have to attend classes for, and that's what you get. You know, the priesthood is something you, you study and you become a priest. That's also a sacrament. You know, first communion, all those kinds of things are things you work for, and those are formal things. Now, baptism, you don't really have to do much because usually you're just a baby and you just show up. Uh, what's the concept of grace exactly? Grace is forgiveness despite somebody doing something harmful to you. Well, I mean, grace is it, it's it's complicated in in a certain way. Um, it's it's in many ways it's kind of like the essence of life. 
mm-hmm. and your relationship to God. And it is a, I don't know. Yeah. Let me, let me Google it. Well, wait, put it in your own words, Mark. Well, I, it's. <laughs> you understand this. So the, so the way I understand, mm-hmm. God is another word for describing the connection that all people have to each other and that together we can overcome anything. And that concept of grace as the way I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong from the Catholic mm-hmm. perspective, is that uh, that connection that we all have with each other can be so powerful that it can, you know, it's restorative justice. Mm-hmm. It allows people who have done great harm to themselves or to others to, to be forgiven for that mm-hmm. with the condition that they seek mm-hmm. out better behavior in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, this is divine grace is what we're talking about here. And so the, the, I'll, yeah. I'm going to read you this definition because okay. so, it's, it's complex. It's been defined as the divine influence, which operates in humans to regenerate and sanctify, to inspire virtuous impulses and to impart strength, to endure trial and resist temptation. And as an individual virtue or excellence of divine origin. So it makes you, it fortifies you. It strengthens you. It creates a bond. It uplifts you uh, when you're, when you're down. Okay. And uh, it can also like improve your relationships with people. So when somebody says that I'm being gracious or giving grace to somebody who has harmed me, mm-hmm. what am I doing to them? You're being kind. Okay. Because uh, so, you know, according to the Associated Press and other experts, they're saying that the Vatican's announcement is a radical shift. It is not in policy shift. that aims at making the church more inclusive while maintaining its strict ban on gay marriage. I, in, in some ways, that yes, that, that is true. There's still a ban on gay marriage. You will not get the sacrament okay. uh, of marriage through that. Uh-huh. Um, but what it's doing, it, 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 it's taking the guesswork out because you had some priests that would not. There, uh, there's been priests that will, uh, you know, give gay queer people blessings. There are other priests that would not do it. Now they're directed to and say that doesn't matter. You can still give them that blessing. You know, it is not marriage. So you know, uh, the headline saying like the Pope comes out in support <laughs> of gay marriage is a little bit. Well, Hyperbole. you know, in some ways that is, you know, they're, they're not. Con- the Pope is woke. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a, you're, you're coming from a more skeptical saying it's like nothing's, it's nothing new. It doesn't really change anything. And, and it, it's still very much a corrupt institution. Well, it, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that these things have, al- that these things have always happened, mm-hmm. right? Gay mm-hmm. people have always gotten blessings. It's just uh, some priests refuse to do it. And so now they've been directed not to. Is this a good thing? Yeah, it's absolutely a good thing. Is this uh, indicating that the church is trying to shift its views to become more inclusive? It's, it's, yeah, St. Francis is definitely trying to look to be more inclusive and more engaging. And to meet people where they're at in this modern world. So this is a good thing then? Absolutely, without a doubt. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're into that kind of thing. You know, there's a lot of if people. If you swing that way. Well, there's a lot of people that they're, they're not. You <laughs> mean into, a swing as Catholic or swing as gay? They're not into, they're not into religion at all. And it doesn't, like to them, it's like, it doesn't matter to them. The, the way I understand is that, and, and part of the reason we bring it up and talk about this is because the Catholic Church does influence uh, policy yes. in, in a lot of countries. It influences uh, the legality of homosexuality mm-hmm. in places where it's criminalized. And it, and and be, when the when this official institution changes or modifies its stance even a tiny bit, it, it makes life safer for LGBTQ mm-hmm. people in places where it's even more dangerous than it is here in the United States. That is true. That's um, true. 
the, you know, at the end of the year, 2023, a lot of listicles, a lot of like nonsense content, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's boring. And uh, so everybody from the New York Times to Merriam-Webster mm -hmm. and Oxford English Dictionary puts their word of the year. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Oxford English Dictionary, and a lot of people agree that Riz, what is, uh, as in charisma, mm -hmm. is it? Is the word of the year. Is it the slang word of the year or the slang word of the year? They're, they're okay. saying the word of the year. All right. Riz, baby. You got the riz. Irresistible. Charisma. That's Chariz what it yeah. is. So it, I guess the idea is that it's being used a lot and it's a reflection on how we communicate with each other, mm -hmm. which is through social media. Mm -hmm. And so also hip hop culture, which is African American and American American culture is becoming even more influential. Mm -hmm. And so people are seeking ways to sound cool mm -hmm. and hip by using words like Riz as I'm opposed to saying- Dripping with Riz, yo. Dripping with Riz, baby. And uh, you know, Miriam Webster uh, said authentic was the their word of the year. Mm -hmm. What what do they mean by that? Well, because of artificial intelligence and the deep fakes, they're trying to figure out what's authentic and what's not. You know, is it authentic cuisine? Is it an authentic image? Is it authentic? Is it real? Because right now we're living in such a you know what is it a virtual mm -hmm. world? You know, mm -hmm. with many companies putting out virtual headsets, mm -hmm. which to me, it, I don't know if they're going to be popular or not, but they seem really depressing. Like even the act of watching a movie on your phone, you can turn your phone and say, Hey, did you see this? But when you're wearing a virtual reality headset, you can't just mm -hmm. plop the, the headset no. off and put on somebody else's face. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, with the rise of, of artificial intelligence on social media, but also in the way that we relate to each other um, and, and even how we mm -hmm. consume and create content, um, you know, authentic becomes a more vital thing because there's so much bullshit. Well, and you know, when we first started podcasting, people were uh, authentic. Authenticity was something that people really talked about a lot mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, before podcasts, before new media, before social media, it was just the old media. And sometimes we questioned whether this was authentic or not. And so it was the idea of listening to podcasts. You heard authentic voices. You knew that these were people. You knew that they were real. You knew that they weren't being paid by, you know, some corporate shill to, to talk. Uh, of I course, like podcasting is much different these days. I like to interrupt to the show and talk about Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are they going to send a check? Yeah, where's the check, Squarespace? I'm still waiting. Uh, you know, and, and so I think like in New York Times talking about hallucinate as mm -hmm. their word of the year is also reference not to like tripping out, but um, artificial intelligence coming up with bullshit and passing it off as authentic. Mm -hmm. And they call that the term is they call it hallucinating, right? Yeah. So uh, an AI gathers information and for some reason it puts two and two together and comes up with something that's completely not true. It's like a hallucination. It thinks this is something happening. And you know, and people can do this themselves too. They get, you know, information from here and information from here and then they come up with conjecture and say this is why it happened. And but you don't really know that that's true. I think, you know, one phrase and one word uh, that is being overlooked uh, and is very popular in fitness and bodybuilding and uh, in the Instagram space is growth or mm. growth mindset. Um, that was a very interesting term that I just saw growing in popular, growing literally in popularity this year where people focused on solutions 
as opposed to the limitations that they face. Mm. So like somebody says, you have a really nice developed chest. How did you do that? A, a non-growth solution is saying, well, genetics, honey. Mm. Or I've been doing this all my life. What about you? That's not, that's not a solution. But if you're saying, you know, make sure you train your upper chest. We learned that from Adam Charlton, mm -hmm. actually, who's, who, you know, is a muscle worship god uh, who when, I was kind of shocked when I saw those videos. But uh, developing your upper chest is a solution or, or it's a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. So when people focus on solutions as opposed to obsessing about the problems that they have and they take ownership over their role in the problems that they face, then to get, like, like I always say, together we can overcome anything. And so that, that term really got me excited because I started seeing so many uh, podcasters, influencers, and you know, content creators on TikTok, YouTube, everywhere, talking about how to overcome problems by focusing on growing as a person and growing your community. And I think I'm like 10 out of 10, baby. Mm -hmm. That is great. But like I like one thing that may, you know, make all this meaningless is artificial intelligence. You know, I ask a lot of young people, do you think fellow young kids, uh, do you think artificial intelligence is going to destroy your life within the next 10 years? And they say, honey, our lives are already fucked. Which is not a very growth mindset, you know, no. it's like, it's saying like, it's uh, the, the damage has already been done, but I'm like asking people like, how do you think this type of software, cause you know, autocorrect is artificial intelligence, grammar it's check. It's very helpful. It's helpful, you know, and sorting your photos and finding the person based on their name mm -hmm. or their face yeah. is artificial intelligence. I had intelligence. to look for receipts, receipts like for something I needed to send somebody from like way back in June and I just typed in like the area where I needed the receipt from, you uh -huh. know, like the geolot, like the location and the receipt came up right in my phone. And you know, artificial intelligence is something we've been using for quite some time, but now it's manifesting itself in, in ways that really are, are unsettling. Like, you know, those those images where you see somebody with like six hands and mm -hmm. and twelve arms and and what strikes me what's really interesting about artificial intelligent AI images is it never distorts a person's face it's always their hands and their fingers and their arms and I don't understand why that is it doesn't get it well they, even for humans they say that hands are the hardest things to draw not for me like when I was uh, doing generally you, you have heard that expression though. Uh, well, you um, have heard that uh, on, on the book "Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain" mm -hmm. by uh, Betty Edwards. Um, the first thing you do is you look at your the, your hand and you do a contour or an exercise where you visually trace the outlines of your hands while you're not even looking at the paper; you're just drawing. And so, for a lot of people who study life drawing or or uh, medical drawing. Your hand is the first thing you mm -hmm. study. But you have heard that before, that the hands are one of the most difficult. For machines, things. but for not humans. For humans. I, I, so you've not ever heard that expression? I, As a person who studied this and, and I, I, done this? I went to school, too, and I studied art. Okay. I have taken drawing classes. Okay. You have, in your life, never heard the expression that hands are one of the hardest things to get right. I've, I've heard it, all kinds of people okay. making those claims. Um, I, so you have heard it. Yeah, but also okay. people saying that hair is really hard to get okay. or ears are really hard. I actually think in terms of the human body, the hardest thing for a human to draw is the ear because <laughs> the ears like don't look like anything. And so if you look 
at people's drawings, like uh, the famous one of that 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 painting of of Jesus that the woman like retouched yeah. and went monkey Jesus. Remember yeah. that? Look at the ears. It's like the ears look like you know cinnamon rolls. You know, so a lot of people like don't know how to generate or there's there's this idea like we know what an eye looks like and eyes are very easy to do. We know what a hand is supposed to look like, but when it comes to the ear, it's like what. And well, so, I'll be looking at the AI's ears and see if they're if they're like that. And they don't have a problem with the like. Usually, the head is is pretty spot on, you know. Um, but one thing artificial intelligence is doing now is uh, is um, allowing people to take the clothes off of people they know. Oh, so it's like the ultimate, you know, X-ray vision that you know. Remember in, in the nineteen sixties and seventies, there was uh, even in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, were those glasses that you put on your face and. There was like, you could see through the person's clothes, see their boobies. Now, artificial intelligence is allowing people to nudify is the term. Mm. And, you know, in terms of like how it's whole hurting us right now, I think the biggest problem is that it's destroying or reducing people's capacity for writing and critical thinking. And ironically, like for me, it's like artificial intelligence has actually helped me be a better writer by putting what I written into it and seeing how it messes this up. Mm. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm seeing the, the machine kind of like destroying my writing and be able to be like, Oh, this is a choice I'm more intentional and aware of doing. Mm. Cause I think, you know, writing is really just, it's about capturing the thoughts in your head. And so in a lot of ways, like Mr. Rogers says, uh, you know, plant beautiful flowers in the garden of your mind. So when you harvest them, you have a beautiful bouquet and with artificial intelligence and social media, it's like, it's also reducing our ability to speak from our hearts. Like I always tell people, it's like, you know, you can cuss all you want, but cussing is not really saying what you really need or to say and to be heard. And so by reducing empathy, because people are just, you know, this is too difficult. This is too much of an obstruction for me. So I'm just, handling giving it to ai like if you have a dispute over airbnb people are now turning to ai to say i am sorry that you had an unpleasant experience you know and that corporate kind of like you know superficial nonsense that doesn't really speak to the human being that is in front of you i think is something that's really unsettling and i worry for example like government agencies like you know getting a passport or going to the post office how that will be negatively impacted when we tend, when we automate those things in the future and become even more bureaucratic. So, you know, in terms of, um, uh, you know, artificial intelligence, it's something that's here to stay. And like that adorable monster in stranger things, it's so cute. You can't kill it, <laughs> but it will become a powerful tool for anybody who wants to hurt us. And that's where it's really scary. Well, there'll be, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be tools for defense as well. You know, if there might be a, a tool to harm somebody, somebody's going to invent somebody to, to, to be against that. And you can see like artificial intelligence with, you know, was the main focus of the, one of the main focuses of the Hollywood writer strike. And, Without a doubt. I mean, they were yeah. up in arms around it because, you know, it's script writers, it's animation, it's all sorts of things. Yeah. And so like She-Hulk, mm -hmm. um, spoiler alert, it's been canceled. Oh, but you can watch. It's still, so good. It was so good. I'm going to watch it again. 
And, you know, spoiler alert, her, the real villain of She-Hulk mm-hmm. is artificial intelligence. Yeah. She, she peels Bites back it. all the layers that are coming after her. And, you know, at the beginning, it's social media influencers, uh, self-help gurus, mm-hmm. uh, pseudo-humanistic corporations, and only to find out that this AI software was because she, you know, she becomes kind of like Deadpool, self-aware cartoon mm-hmm. character, right? A comic book superhero, and she finally realizes that her show is being written by AI software, and she's trying to like destroy the machine. I'm like, I am, you are the machine. You cannot destroy yourself, and that's where they left it. And I was like, ah, oh, this looks so and amazing. And then we have the strike. And then in last year, the star of the show, she said, you know. Don't hold your breath. It's not coming mm-hmm. back. So how did the ho- Hollywood strike fair? I mean, hero of the year is Fran Drescher because she was fighting for all her rights. The nanny really pulled through for everybody. I love Fran Drescher and everything like that comes out of her is really amazing. But as also, it's hard to be like, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> you know, yeah. And what about Drew Barrymore? Are people still mad at her? I mean, if she had just waited a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. she was a scab, you know, she yeah. was like trying to. I have it both ways, and and you know she doesn't need. I mean, everybody needs more money, but you know, it. it she could have done the right thing and and had listened to really good people. That mm-hmm. her family, you know, her her grandparents and parents were famous unionists in Hollywood. That the reason we have unions in Hollywood is because of the Barrymores. And the fact that she, you know, in 2023 became a scab was just so heartbreaking. I know. And now, but her show's back on the air, acting like nothing happened. So, well, you know, I was never the audience. I listen. I love Drew Barrymore, but I'm not the audience for her talk show. You know. I mean, it's. I, I still think about her as like the little girl from ET who dressed up ET in drag. Oh. And how how can you hate her? No, for that? you can't hate her. You know. Um, so, you know, we had some heroes uh, who is like, so the worst person of the year. I mean, Trump is easy a person to vilify. So there was a lot of people who, you know, can be easily seen as the villain. But, you know, is George Santos really the worst? He's cartoonish. You know, he's clownish. You know, Trump is clownish, but, clown, you know, Trump got elected to president. Trump is still says, if I become president, I'm going to be just like Hitler. Literally is what he's saying. Mm. You know? And that's what some people want in this country. They want authoritarianism. They're like, democracy, who needs it? They'll get rid of all those f- freaks and freaks. They'll get rid of the freaks. And like, they don't realize that they're coming for them, too. They, don't, they never see it. And this is a good time to talk about the, the three tenements of regressive personalities. They remember what they were? No. Fear of the unknown, uncertainty. What if? What if something goes wrong? They want to control what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They, they feel empowered bossing other people around, even though they don't know what they're talking about. And, um, you know, ultimately, they, they're, they're germaphobes, um, which is a really weird thing. It's, there's a study that came out this past year saying that basically, like, if you're like Howie Mandel, like you're afraid of catching a disease and so you're not going to shake anybody's hands, chances are you also have some deep-seated racist beliefs that are tied to your fear of germs. And so uh, I guess you were telling me that Howie Mandel's family was like, enough is enough. Oh, I, yeah, I guess he talked about that with his wife. His, he had OCD and his wife was like, listen, you're not going to put me and the kids through this. You go get help now. And he did. 
Yeah. So, you know, ultimately it's like the villain of the year is you. <laughs> is, is the, the person inside you that is afraid of uncertainty that doesn't understand that together we can overcome anything. And it's, it's you know, because Trump is going to go one day, but the problems that we have with Trump and Vladimir Putin one day will die too. You know, it's like, um, but at this point right now, all roads lead to Vladimir Putin. He is the mastermind behind every war that we're facing, every problem we're facing with the economy. In one way or another, he is financially or directly related to it. So, you know, Hillary Clinton, for lover or hater, she was right about Putin. And, and you know, unfortunately, uh, she did not become president. And now we're sort of facing, once again, in 2024, the possibility of a really awful and dangerous person taking the presidency in the United States. Well, I sure hope not. I sure hope the Supreme Court is like, yeah, we're not going to need this case. Well, I don't want to hear it. It's, it's, you guys decided for yourselves. Uh, what about the Titanic 2.0, the, 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 the cheap-ass submarine? And it was almost like Elon Musk. Like, I know Elon Musk had nothing to do with it, but he, like, the way Elon Musk is running Twitter really reminds me, too, of, like, how that company that put these rich people in the little you know, submersible, submersible and just kill, crush them. Like it's, it's this like weird, uh, hubris that these rich people had that they were just like, well, I, I feel like that spell of the Titanic is like, people are just so fascinated by it and just obsessed. And they're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And, uh, you know, it just, I would never in a million years go down in something like that. You know, especially if, if I was rich as those people, I had all the money in the world, all the things I could do, all the, you know, charities I could support, the places I could travel, the food I could eat, you know, the podcast I could support. support of everything. You know what I mean? And just it, it, to just throw your life away for that is just it, it just it's sad. I know. But, it's you know, a, people yeah. become obsessed and people make bad decisions. People die all the time. Skiing accidents, um, hand gliding, parachuting, things happen. Like my mom is always like, you know, butter killed your aunt and like pecans with pesticides killed your uncle. And I'm always like, oh, mom, shut up. It's but, conjecture. But sometimes that is true. Like the hubris of somebody does kind of become their ultimate folly, you know, mm. and, and no matter how awful a person can be, uh, you can count on that issue, you know, that that hubris being their ultimate undoing. Mm. One person I really admire, and I'm not coming out as a Swifty, but I... But a Swifty is a person who likes the mop? Yeah, the Swifter, yes. No, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift was, you know, she was put as uh, Time Magazine's person of the year because everybody is just uh, uh, adoring her and her relationship with the football player, uh, Travis Kels. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do like her music. I'm not, like, putting it on all the time, but if it's on the radio, I, I enjoy it. But I just love... Uh, how she's just inspired all of these women. These young women just adore her and they look up to her for her, her confidence and her style and, and what she's doing and how she's supporting people with money, giving money to cancer patients, sexual assault survivors, disaster relief, food banks. I mean, she's made little charm bracelets a thing again. You know? Look, a lot of football player fans don't like her because you know, now when you watch, you know, fr uh, Friday night football, whatever. Sure. 
it's all about like what Taylor Swift wore mm -hmm. and not the game. Wow. And I can understand like that frustration. Mm -hmm. It's like that somebody just shows She's up. She's the best like, thing that's happened to the NBA and NFL, NFL. in a long time. <laughs> in a long time, that's for sure. And you may not like her music, but it's. I think it's irresistible. She's irresistible to love as a person. And she's targeted by right-wing groups for successfully getting young people to register and vote. Mm -hmm. And typically young people vote progressive. She's uniting the country despite her progressive views, like Dolly Parton. Mm. And she single-handedly forced streaming music platforms to pay their artists more money by withholding her own music from those platforms at the cost of millions of dollars to her own wallet. So unlike uh, some other people, <clears throat> which we're <laughs> I want to drop names, but I'm, you know, let's keep it positive here. Uh, Taylor Swift really does deserve to be person of the year this year because of all the humanitarian things that she did aside from her music career. Mm -hmm. Which is phenomenal. I mean, that era's tour is just, people loved it. And Dolly Parton, Where's your you know person of the year? I mean, she's she Taylor Swift and Dolly Parton are very you know peas in a pod, and Dolly Parton you know is somebody who unites the country, is very generous with her money, puts a lot of money mm -hmm. into feeding and educating young people in in you know impoverished communities, mm -hmm. and she took every penny from I Will Always Love You, the royalties that came from the Whitney Houston, and invested it in black community. What a sweetheart. That's the right thing to do. Do if Be like Dolly Parton, be like Taylor Swift. Mm. I'm really excited about Audrey Plaza and Patti LuPone living together. <laughs> and why- Do we know why they're living together? Just because it's a PR stunt. Oh, is it? And Patti LuPone's apartment is amazing, by the way, in New York City. So she's uh, got the room. Oh, have you not seen, like, Patti LuPone was always, like, on social media doing videos of I her I feel house. like I've seen her do some stuff in the basement. She has a rec room. Okay. You know, with pinballs and bars and toys. And and Patti LuPone is, like, you know, because we think of her as a Vita or this, like, mm. diva of musical theater. But, like, in real life, she's very similar to, like, Aubrey Plaza. Right now, probably one of my favorite Puerto Rican women mm. next to the women in my family. But, you know, because she's just so funny and, and has such a wonderful, wicked sense of humor. She was great in White Lotus. Yeah. And just she's great in everything. You know, she shines. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess uh, what else? The R Little Richard documentary. That was so wonderful. That, where is it? That's on Netflix? That's on HBO. HBO Max? HBO, yes. Oh, it's on the, Max. The, the true king of rock and roll, Little Richard. Well, and it's something like I can relate to, you know, it's like we done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, when we started podcasting, it was audio blogs. It was people be like talking about like today I went to the ground star and blah, blah, you know. And the the way people think about podcasts is a descendant of what we've been doing all along these past two decades. Mm -hmm. And so and listen, no one's going to be like giving us a people's choice podcast award <laughs> well we have five of them but you know what i'm saying like it, it's not like somebody is gonna and, and you know like even apple has said we pioneered we we mm. paved the way for what podcasts became but like in this day and age there's so much money there's so much power associated with this huge media platform that it's hard for me to conceive that you know a gay couple living in chicago of modest means is not going to be celebrated, you know, and, and I, I really, 
um, related to Rich, Little Richard's bitterness. And one thing that stuck with me in the documentary was that they said he spent his whole life fighting to not be himself. And when he was his authentic, true self, that is when he was closest to God. Mm. It wasn't when he was like, went and became this like heterosexual minister and like, you know, it was when he was flamboyant with this mirrored covered suit singing, good golly, Miss Molly and all these, you know, sexually uh, innuendo songs that defined Mm. what rock and roll music was about. And so seeing in his career, the up and downs, and, you know, as a queer person and as a gender nonconforming person, it's like, I can understand that feeling of just like not fitting in no matter where you go. And then that ultimately he was celebrated and acknowledged for his contributions to humanity and to music is very beautiful thing to see. And, and the documentary really takes you on that journey. Without a doubt. It really was pleasurable to watch. Because, you know, he, he's a character. He's a real mm-hmm. character, but really is the true king of rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, gay bars uh, are hurting right now. A lot of... We lost we like, lost Berlin, which is, Berlin. you know, a lot of listeners of the podcast might know because we had a lot of the regular um, uh, performers who were there. A lot of the Cooking with Drag Queens uh, Crowd. people were, were people that performed in Berlin. I met my first boyfriend at Berlin. It was, a, you know, a Chicago institution for 40 years. And it just, unfortunately, it's just... Can't keep up with the times. Well, there was there was quite a few things that that uh, got in the way. Um, you know, the the, the owners did are struggle older. to with their health. Yeah, and they're older, and they're, they and don't they moved to another yeah. uh, city, and you know, it's hard to run a business mm-hmm. remotely. And, I'm for, and it's my disappointment that they blamed their staff and the staff desiring to unionize on closing their business, mm-hmm. but. You know, when you're hurting and you're frustrated and you don't know what to do, um, you're going to say and do things that don't, you know, don't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And right. and unfortunately, the public didn't see the the goodness. You know, there was a lot of debate. And I was part of caught in that debate over, you know, the role of, of unions in in gay bars. You know, we would not have the weekends. We would not have the disposable free time for gay bars. We don't have LGBT rights if it wasn't for unions. So the idea that like you know, any gay bar can say, you know, unions are hurting them is to me is not looking at the history mm-hmm. of what these organizations and these workers rights organizations have played yeah. in improving our lives. And if you're a business and you can't pay a livable wage, um, you know, maybe you shouldn't be in business. Well, I can understand a business struggling mm-hmm. and turning to their employees and say, you know, are you still interested in being part of this business because of a bigger picture? And there's tons of businesses that have a big idea or big picture and they ask their employees to be part of that ride. Mm -hmm. Um, This, you know, this was not the case here. And, and, and it unfortunately maybe, you know, Berlin was an institution. It shaped the way people thought about gay bars and about queer culture and so to me, it's like, you know, I want to focus on the beautiful things mm. that that bar contributed to Chicago and to queer culture around the world. Then the it's, you know, last fateful yes. last day. Well, you yeah. know, and it, if COVID hadn't happened, if, if they hadn't had all that turmoil with 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 T-Rex and um other problems, then I think, you know, they might still be with us. But a lot of bars 
are struggling. And you know, the thing is, is like they say that like most restaurants, 95% of restaurants and bars, you know, they close within the first five years. And that's always been the case. And that's always been the case. Yeah. So a lot of times these things, they are on a shoestring budget um, and it can be hard. But, you know, if, if you have a good business, you're making good, good money, you try and keep it going. Uh, Billie Eilish accidentally comes out as bisexual. She's like, you tricked me. <laughs> I was supposed to put out a book and get a million dollars for it. Because <laughs> I guess she was asked on the red carpet. And she's like, I like girls, too. She's like, uh, what, huh, what, huh? This what? Is, Billie, I'm going to clue you in on something. Any woman that has green or blue hair is not solely into dick. They also <laughs> will be interested in women. to some, So you weren't fooling anybody. Right. Well, I'm going to come out as bisexual then. Well, I don't know what to do with a woman's body, but I got to tell you, backstage at that show and those those Glamazon warriors, they were like Disney princesses meet Wonder Woman. And they were so beautiful and mm -hmm. sweet mm -hmm. and, and, and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and, that, and then the weirdest thing is like, I got like three or four of them being like, you're so hot. You want to, you know, do you want to get together? And I was like, I'm like, women are hitting on me. What is this? What, what world is this? Is like dogs are chasing cats and madness. cats are chasing dogs. It's madness. You know, I, I, part of me is like, it, it. I can, I can really relate to the fact that when you're struggling as a musician to form an identity, to hear of your voice heard, and you are put in a position where your privacy is compromised. Mm -hmm that's really frustrating and damaging. And she did lose a lot of like followers on I social guess 100, media. I 100,000. 100,000. Yeah. I mean, but you still, know what con still, yeah. can comfort her? Yeah. Is $34 million that she made in music sales last year. I'm not sure. 100,000 people following you on, on Instagram or $34 million. <laughs> Which one would I rather have? You know, that's a, she can cry on a bed of money. <laughs> and, you know, $34 million, she's a gifted comedic actress. Mm. She has her whole life ahead of her. She's only 21. Yeah. She's, she's young. Your whole life she is ahead of Change your mind. Next week, she doesn't have to like pussy anymore. She'd, She'd be like, like, you know. Strictly dickly, folks. Yeah. <laughs> and then Look at on. me. I'm all about the dick. <laughs> I'm going to go to the House of Representatives and get myself uh, <laughs> some, some, some dick. Wow. That was the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, big scam on social media that everybody's rooting and hollering about. Protein cookies and cakes. It's just regular cakes and cookies with a scoop of whey. Mm -hmm. it's, still it's still junk food. It's the sugar that's going to get you. It's the synergy. Right. Mm. It's a it's diet that in, when you have a sugar in your body, it opens up the, the gateway to your cells. And so are you putting fat into your fat cells or are you putting protein into your muscle cells? Mm. And so it makes sense. And it's kind of a good idea. You know, I think uh, in some ways, uh, Swiss mer Swiss meringue frosting is superior in flavor to uh, American buttercream. But. You know, um, nobody understands what you're saying. So, so, it, so there's, you know, frosting can have protein in it and mm -hmm. it cannot, right? So, it can so be Swiss sugar, has, has egg white, has egg white. So it increases the little bit of protein. And so I think actually improves the flavor and improves the, the glycemic index. And so putting like scoops of whey, uh, powder into your cookie or cake mix can actually be good, but not when these companies are charging like $10 for a cookie. And I'm like, that, that is just some craziness, you know? And it's like, hey, you know, it's a scam. It's, it's, get the money while you can. But ultimately, you know, 
it's not going to it's not going to make your body look the way you want it to by eating, you know, chocolate chip cookies with a scoop of <laughs> you know, cookies and cream way into it. Uh, Matthew Perry died of a ketamine overdose. And, you know, he is one of probably the most celebrated comedic actors of our generation for his work on Friends mm. and, and films. Uh, and, he really struggled with addiction his entire life. Yeah. So it's kind of sad. You know, a lot of people, I think, have, have used ketamine as a way to get off addiction, too. You know, as a way to retrain their mind. But it, it appears like I'm not sure exactly what the circumstances were. But it's, you know, it's sad he took that and, and, and I guess died. Well, it is, you know, counter counterintuitive. Like, you mean I can use drugs to get off drugs? They say you can these days. Yeah, there's a lot of psychedelic experimental stuff where, you know, there's one guy. He said uh, I was reading some, or hearing something on NPR and they were like, this guy was saying, I smoked my whole life. I smoked my whole life. And then I took acid and then I decided I just didn't need to smoke anymore. And he never did. So I think that with the right kind of therapy, you'll do that because you just kind of like sometimes to see yourself, you really need to step out of yourself. Yeah, I think about like the blessings of my queer heritage and experiences as a young uh, person and going to hang out with, you know, my friends and in, in, in gatherings like with the radical fairies and stuff. And all those times we trip balls out in you know Amsterdam or in the mountains of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And and I think about, you know, those hallucinogenic mushrooms or doing acid till three in the morning watching Planet of the Apes movies kind of rewired my brain to be more resilient. And and I think about like people in my family and people that I know who don't have those experiences and 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 how they struggle with their resilience. And you know, for you know, for the grace of God go I. Um I I just wonder is if there's like something to be said about having those hallucinogenic experiences that allow you to then overcome problems. You know, when Matthew Perry died, there was all this controversy on social media about whether it was appropriate to crack jokes about his death. And one quote in Matthew Perry's own words says, there's nothing better than a world where everybody's just trying to make each other laugh. Oh, that's sweet. You know, and, and you know, I, I think that's where I want to leave 2023. It's like, you know, there's there's so much more to the universe and to the world than what we can see and hear. Um, one thing that I got obsessed with in 2023 was slime mold. <laughs> Solving puzzles. Slime mold is this weird uh, thing that has all these, it's, it's, it's a life form that is one cell with hundreds and hundreds of nuclei inside them. So it's very different. And it, for some reason, it's able to figure out where the, 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 how to solve the puzzle is. And scientists are just like, kind of, we don't, it has no sense of smell. It can't see. How is it figuring it out? And it's a bit of a conundrum. And so the way that our, that our, the, the chemistry in our bodies, the way our cells interact with each other, our consciousness, the way there's so much information in our little itty bitty heads is still something that's being developed and researched into a field called quantum biology. And that is the idea that our biological, you know, like roots seeking out nutrition, that all the cells in our bodies that are alive are tapping into the quantum space, the subspace, like in Star Trek, 
to try to communicate with each other, to create things to happen that can normally not happen in 3D space in order to create life, consciousness, and existence. And to me, I'm like, man, is that like literally the search of God itself? Like that's where the reason they call it the God particle, you know? Hmm. And this is like, a, you know, something I was like just kind of casually uh, observing. And, and it turns out it's a huge field of new science. And these scientists are looking at the way all these processes are interacting on, in the quantum space. And it's so exciting. Like if I could start my life all over again, it's, it's something that I would love to dedicate my life to. You'd be is, like Ant-Man and go into the quantum realm. Well, it's about... Uh, it's, it's about understanding how all living things are connected to each other and how even though we don't necessarily physically close to each other, that we can still be connected to each other in very deep and meaningful ways that we yet to discover and in ways that we can observe, you know. So this holiday season, you know, uh, the most important thing you can do for somebody else is just be kind. Um whether it is you donate money to a, a charity or to uh, our, your favorite podcast. Feast of fun. Feast of fun. Or, or you do something, you know, you, you uh, rake your neighbor's leaves or, or, you know, shovel the snow of your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Or you just pay somebody a compliment and tell them. I was, yeah, I just read something. I yeah. think uh, uh, Francois Clemens. Scarborough Francois Clemens. Cla Scarborough <laughs> he shared, Clemens. He shared something on Facebook. Uh, basically, I think it was maybe it was from like the Dalai Lama or somebody or a spiritual leader. And they said, you know, you're probably, you, you know, everybody wants to be a hero, but you're probably never going to be able to like save children from a burning building or rescue somebody at the thing. But, you know, you can hold a door open for somebody. You can say a kind word. You can give somebody something. And, you know, those little acts of heroism, like kindness is an act of heroism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'd like to see just more of that in the world, especially this holiday season. Just be good to each other. Be kind and love one another and come back in 2024 for more podcasts. We promise we are going to uh, increase the output. We took a, a step back this year so that Fausto could uh work on his bodybuilding competition and I was working on my own health. And so I think that uh, we will be back next year with your support. Mark, thank you so much for being an inseparable, essential part of my life and sharing your mm -hmm. life with me. You know, I, I, I love you very deeply and, and I can't imagine doing any of these things without mm -hmm. you. Yes, oh, I appreciate that. I can't imagine doing it without you. And I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And remember, folks, it's New Year's Eve, not New Year's Steve. <laughs> Be a lesbian. Don't kiss boys at midnight. Oh, baby, if you are a lesbian, kiss some boys at midnight. <laughs> but call them Eve. Eve. Uh, yeah, New Year's Eve. Put emphasis. More Madonna, less Jesus. <laughs> happy New Year. Happy holidays, everybody. Bye-bye.